WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by a beautifully foolish endeavor, the new, probably New York Times bestselling novel by Hank Green. You can get it anywhere books are sold or at hankgreen.com or on Audible for a cheap audio version. It's phenomenal. I've already started listening to it. I'm like six and a half hours in, I think. It's really really good. Full cast audiobook is awesome. And go to hankgreen.com and get your copy of A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor today. And we're going to go ahead with the rest of the episode. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered, outplanned. Or maybe we're just writing like we're running out of time. So raise a glass to freedom. And don't throw away your shot. Because today we're bringing you Hamilton. And Tyler, before you get into the statistics of this movie, I want to say that we're joined by Becca Eddowes and Enie Fuenmayor of the wonderful Casual Musical Theater podcast, Sincerely Us. Hi! Which, straight up. Bef- <laughs> no, I, I don't want to hear your voices yet. I'm kidding. I did. Wow. Say hello. Wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> Some real Aunt Peggy energy going on right there. <laughs> <laughs> say hello. Speak. Hello. Hi. That's it. Oh, you! I thought you were going to continue, Tyler. <laughs> no, no, I wanted, to, I wanted to hear your beautiful, beautiful voices, but I can speak. I'll speak. It looks like there's some uneasiness on the other end of the microphone. We've only been at this for three hours already. Oh, yeah, we're uh, warmed up. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, just really getting started. We've done our... our I'm, I'm loose. Our... I'm ready to rip. Okay, y'all, uh, ready like, to before we get it? back to talking about the statistics, before we get back to talking about the wonderful, wonderful cast of Sincerely Us... Y'all, okay, so this has been the most requested thing we've ever had on Bacon and Eggs, by far. Uh, People have been putting us on blast since this was announced, basically, being like, hey, can you cover Hamilton? And at first, I was a little bit reticent to cover this. You know, it's not a movie, as one would, as the crow flies, not your traditional movie experience. It is a stage theater production. And it's a stage theater production that I was not particularly jazzed about and was very scared that I was going to have to, like, pretend to like. But y'all, I like Hamilton. Finally. After all this time, our audience can stop worrying about whether or not I am into Hamilton. I'm I'm bought all the way in. Full on. We had to bring him. Hamilton into the room where it happens. I ordered my copy of the Hamilton today. Oh my nice. god! I have one in my home. <laughs> that makes me so happy. You're gonna love it. So it has so wanna... many behind the scenes stuff. It is a movie though, okay? Because it was directed by Thomas Kale. Movie thing came out July third, twenty twenty. Yeah, plays traditionally don't have directors. <laughs> <laughs> movie thing nope. that was five days ago. Here's your movie thing. $75 million budget. That was the licensing cost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a questionable millions worldwide. Yeah. And 99% critic rating and a 93% rot, rot, blah, 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 blah. Audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And a 90% or 90 score on Metacritic. Whoa. You know Boom. Who, Audiences hey, Tyler, don't like it. I do not have a negative review for this movie because I refuse to read either of the ones that are on Rotten Tomatoes. But you know who didn't like this movie? Armand White didn't like this movie. Really? Yeah. What, who's Armin White? Why do I know that name? He's the he's one of the critics. Just go go into Rotten Tomatoes and look at the uh, look at his picture under the Rotten reviews. You recognize this guy? All right. Uh, let's take a look. See. 
Uh, rotten. Is he the dude? Is he that one dude? He is. <laughs> yeah. He's that one guy. Armand White. Uh, he his goal is to always write the uh the like first negative review for an yeah. otherwise perfect film. He does so he doesn't like it because Lynn isn't good at performing apparently. Uh, which wow. you know you could say that take her to leave it. And the other review is just weird. The other negative review. It calls the movie colorblind, which is very strange. It's like the opposite. It's of what like I would the call opposite of colorblind. Film. Yeah, but James Berardinelli is going to have this to say, which I've never read before. So let's you see. definitely have. No, I've read his name. I haven't oh. read this review before. Oh, okay. The end result provides nearly three hours of superior entertainment, both for those who consider themselves Hamilton devotees and those without previous viewing experience. Which, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he's so right. Because <laughs> here we all are, pleasured by this film. Yeah, I would have bought this film. Becca, I still want to buy it uncensored. I can live without the two missing F-bombs. But the I one they kept in bad. isn't even an F-bomb. Yeah, why do you think they kept that one in? Because it doesn't sound like we're talking it. About, we're talking well, about Disney like here. Yeah, I know. That's why I would say, like, that's why I want to purchase an uncensored copy. I don't know. I just get really excited to swear along with the summer, uh, Southern Democratic. Southern mother... Democratic Republicans! Democratic Republicans? Yes. That one. That's a that's a sentence right there. That is a lot of syllables they had to get through every night. And it's so good. Like, it's such a good moment that, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm a big fan of, like, swears that make sense and swears that add to the story. And I feel like those add to it because it shows, like, the... Uh, like the intensity of the moment, but Lynn literally did not give an F, so he was just like, whatever, buy my movie for $75 million. <laughs> Take out two I of think the there words. Was yeah, I mean, some... if Disney if Disney called me up and was like, hey, uh, you, we'll buy bacon and eggs for $75 million, but you, you gotta cut the two swears, or the two the two F-bombs, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Sure, That's why not? fair. You could say any other word. You'll put it on Disney Plus, right? Yeah, if Disney <laughs> wants to put bacon and eggs on Disney Plus, I will remove the two f- but you get to leave one in, so that's kind of. I nice. get to leave. I get to leave myself going. Fuh. Yep. There's never an ending to that word. No. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a heavily implied. Oh F yeah, word. definitely. It is heavily implied. Which is, but that's like that's we said it. That's why they left it in. It's because it's implied enough that you know what's supposed to happen. But he doesn't like even with the captions on, it doesn't say it. Yeah. That's true. It doesn't say it. That's true. <laughs> the tomcat. Yeah. Yeah. The man. The myth. The legend. Oh yeah. The. <laughs> Martha Washington named a tomcat after him. That's true. That's true. So apparently that was a room, like a real rumor back then that Lynn has said that he doesn't actually believe, but and Hamilton never said that it was true, but he likes to think that Hamilton would like own up to that and like be really proud of the fact that Martha Washington named her cat after him. So, but I think it's a fun fact. Hamilton. So ladies- fun fact. Welcome to Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. We experienced yesterday on your show, if you like more Bacon and Eggs, or Ethan and Tyler, listen to Sincerely Us. Or if you just want to support podcasters in general, listen to Sincerely Us. Oh my god, this show's so good. Sincerely uh, Us. us. (laughs) Y'all are too sweet. Uh, Just listen to the freaking show. I don't know how to, like, shake it out of you. So, Um, Amy's the biggest Hamilton fan I know, by far. A lot. Um, No pressure. No, no pressure whatsoever. So, Amy, what is it about Hamilton that has always gotten your gourd? Okay. Oh God. So yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing is that I started off as a huge In the Heights fan. So I have been kind of following Lynn since In the Heights, and um, when the whole Hamilton of it all 
started, I honestly wasn't convinced. Like, I was like, he's lost his mind. Like, what is happening right now? And the cast album came out, and I listened to it a few times, and I was just like, nope, this isn't for me. And then I think, like, a couple months later, um, my roommate was like, hey, like, you should give it another listen through. And I did a few more times because, man, does this show have a lot of words. And I don't know. I just, like, I love, I, I just, I think it's so witty. And I think that, like, Lynn's rhymes are hilarious and just so smart and and the music's so good and leslie odom jr has an amazing voice and i i just it it brings me the most joy it's so good man (laughs) it's so good so you talk about a lot of times in like 2016 like peak hamilton you were in like the top one percent of cast album listeners yeah I listen to it on repeat, like every day at work, like on repeat. That's the story of Hamilton fans, though. Like I've talked to multiple people who have been that exact same person. And that's exactly who I was for all of 2019 was literally like on repeat. Like, I think in like February, I was like, oh, I like this now. And that was like a huge come to Jesus kind of moment. And then for the rest of the year, I listened to Hamilton so insanely much. So much so that when my this past year. Uh, like you rank with these people came out. I was in the top one percent for Leslie o- Leslie o- Leslie Odom Jr. So that's fair. That's um, pretty good. Yeah. That's so pre- I think that's pretty good. Yeah. So everybody knows like how much I love Hamilton. So when I don't, everyone knows this. I'll, everyone knows this. Everyone who knows me knows this. Um. <laughs> so I remember having a conversation with you two. Probably I want to say like summer two years ago. Um. When I re- when I learned that you guys just were not Hamilton fans, and I remember sitting down and talking. Uh, or Linton, I think I don't know if he was in the server already, but like I remember him coming up to me like they don't like Hamilton. Like, is your friendship gonna survive that? And I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be fine. But it was like a huge thing because I I get everyone to listen to Hamilton. Mm -hmm. So like, that's my thing. So our experience, just to paint the picture, uh, we weren't just like not fans of Hamilton. We were like specifically... Against it. Anti-Hamilton. Yeah, so I I actively until Friday disliked Hamilton. Yep. Yeah. And and I was the same way. I will say that when I was doing some research for Late to the Party and listening to a couple of the songs and I was like... This is after the Hamill film had been announced, after I realized we were probably going to have to cover it. And I was listening to, like, a few of the songs to get some some quippy Lin-Manuel bits for my character who is obsessed with Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I was sitting there like... everyone should be. I was sitting there like, man, I'm really going to like this, aren't I? Damn it. Well, especially because you picked, like, the the really musical theatery songs. Because one of your things that you've always said is that you don't like that it's not really, like, quote-unquote rap. And so, like, you picked the the kind of songs that you would like, like You'll Be Back, uh, that just is like, you know, I already yeah. like music like this. <laughs> so it was a good feed into it. The more I listen to it, the more I, I'll grant it being rap. I mean, it's not like oh, Eminem. Say, yeah, no, I've completely abandoned that idea entirely. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I didn't listen to the right songs and and whatever. It's so here's here. Let me let me start at the beginning of my story with Very Hamilton real quick. I've kept start. the elephant in the room for a long time, and I would like to let him out now. Okay. Okay. So uh, you're be be me back in late 2012, right? You grew up listening to some musical theater, like some assorted selections. You know, you saw you've seen Lion King three times. Um, you saw Wicked, uh, like on the first or second national tour uh, in Atlanta. It was really cool. Um, you know, you grew up with like Godspell and and, and some uh, uh, Children of Eden, some early Stephen Schwartz, some Sondheim. Oh, some Children Weber. of Eden is so good. Sorry, Children of go Eden on. is so good. 
Um, I've seen uh, the this Children of Eden is is like a weird obsession of like this part of the world because I've seen the Mill Mountain Theater put on Children of Eden like four times. I've never heard of it. It's so good. Justin McElroy talked about seeing Children of Eden like every single year by the local theater company in Huntington. That's so, like I think it's just Miami. this like this weird connection of Appalachia that's like we're obsessed with this play. That's Miami within the Heights. Because it's I mean it's it's fully like it's not controversial at all it's not jesus christ superstar it's fully bible belt approved like it is more cute than uh you know trying to say something but it's it's a it's a good um good musical anyway so i'm in 2012 i am getting into cast albums right i've watched les miserables it's right right about (laughs) the movie's about to come out that that fall um and I'm, i'm super into cast albums right and i find in the heights and i'm like man this is really good i enjoy this i like this i like all these songs and then like i went through cast albums for about a year and then just put them down entirely so i forgot who lin manuel miranda was when it came around to 2016 and hamilton i was like who is this guy whatever cool it's like i like history i like 1776 a lot um i will i will probably enjoy this i also like rap music a lot this is probably as the most i was ever into like mainstream rap music and while i will concede that it is definitely rap music it did not sound like mainstream rap music in 2015 no which is sort of what i was expecting so yeah there's a lot of like 90s and early 2000s influence in it so i got something that wasn't quite rap and wasn't quite broadway it was Mm -hmm. 50 percent in the middle and it was not what i wanted on either end of my thing and that was just (laughs) It didn't hit me at the right time, and it is definitely not a a play that was written for 2015, Ethan. Um, you know, I have I have learned a lot since then. I remember not that I was by any means a big old supporter of Vice President Mike Pence, but I remember when they did the thing where they like addressed him directly from the stage. I was one of those people that was on Twitter like, I really think they should leave politics out of the theater. Oh god! Oh, wow. <laughs> and now yeah. like, and now I'm sitting here like, oh child, please stop. <laughs> yeah. And now I said, the, and now I said, the, and then I, I remember uh, after the, when they did the, the Tony performance without the guns, I was like, yeah, again, yeah. can we just, can we just leave politics out of the theater? Now I'm like, there's so many guns in this. It would be great if there were no guns in this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I've learned a lot since then. And this is definitely much more made for uh, 2020 Ethan than it was for 2015 Ethan. I also um, think, I believe uh, Lynn released a statement after they did the performance with, without the guns on the Tony performance um, after the Pulse shooting. I believe they had a discussion about taking out the guns entirely and just doing it miming. Um, so I believe that that was a discussion they actually had and then decided against. But, uh, it, it, you know, it was it was a big deal in 2016 for them to do that the day of the Pulse shooting. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, I, I now in 2020, in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic, uh, it has never quite been so poignant as, you, yeah. you know, it, literally, I was thinking the earlier today, I was like, man, when Eliza says, look around, look around, how lucky we are to be alive right now. I didn't think she meant smack in the middle of what that dude is talking about in Farmer Refuted. <laughs> yeah. Because that is literally what's going on is these people being like, d- d- everything's a hoax. Yeah. Yep. Whatever Samuel Seabury is saying, that is literally yep. so many people standing on their own soapboxes and being like. You know, this, the, the, you know, well, why should we tear down statues? The statues belong here. Exactly. So, but like, the, I think anyway. this show specifically like this year, like it's always been relevant, but especially this year with like the political climate that's been going on this year. Like this was a perfect time for this to get I, like back into mainstream. Here's Here's what I'll say on that topic. I feel like we think that because we are privileged white people. True. I think that in 2015 or 16, whatever it was, in the minority community, this hit 
exactly right. Oh, definitely. And I think that... I'll- and it would have hit exactly right in 2010 and 2005 and 2000 and 1995. Like, if we are going to, in 2020, say that I have not accepted the plight of minorities then like yeah it hits for us now and it wouldn't have hit for us in 2010 but to minorities this would have always hit well and the minorities are the ones that made this show what it is like the people that clung to this show at the beginning were not you know us white people like three of us on this call are white people like we you know it's going back to when you guys covered black panther for the first time and you said that story's not for us like hamilton is not you know what i think we were probably wrong black panther is exactly for us absolutely i agree (laughs) that's the point no 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 because by us saying that that story wasn't for us we were saying that that story is not for us to criticize correct that's what I meant by that. Yeah, like it's it not. Is our, it is for us to learn from. It is not for us to sit here and say, "Well, nobody in that movie looked like me." So this movie's BS. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Because that's what a lot of the argument that comes with Hamilton is that none of the founding fathers were are were uh, people of color, so obviously they shouldn't be played like that on stage. And it's like, mm, yeah, but it's cooler now. <laughs> like they made you look cooler, and like I don't know it. it I said it in our show yeah, too. This is cooler than 1776. Right, Correct. for sure. Like I had to come to grips <laughs> with the fact that Thomas Jefferson might have been rad. <laughs> like yeah. that was because because I've been to Monticello. Like I have I have grown up l- learning about Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, and I'm I'm sitting here like these might have been some cool mamajamas to hang out with. Like these guys thought a lot more than we think now. Right, like, and they all. It was another thing where. Uh, it, I mean, it's tough because they, you know, they were bad guys by today's standards. Like, they were slave owners and, like, thought that anyone that wasn't a straight white man was bad. Like, straight up. So... Well, yeah, because, like, even, like, Eliza, who is, like, pictured as this very perfect kind of character, Mm -hmm. um, she talks about the orphanage that she opens up and she didn't allow illegitimate children. Correct. Into her orphanage, even though Alexander Hamilton was an illegitimate child. Right. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I mean, all I think, all obviously, all of these characters and all of these people, because they're not, like, they're characters in the show, but there are people in history. Correct. Um, have their pros and cons. Um, I think that there's a lot of people that are talking about how we're, like, the show is putting them up on a pedestal and making them, painting out them out to be like perfect people when I don't think it does that at all. I think it does a really good job at, at showing all of their faults and kind of playing towards them, mm-hmm. um, especially Hamilton. Well, and and how much of a smack in the face is it to the evil of Thomas Jefferson to have David Diggs play? Oh, for sure. So there's a line in one of my favorite books and it's two uh, Mexican men sitting in the White House and they put their feet up and it's a son, father and a son and he says to his son, how many of uh, the people that used to live here hundreds of years ago, how mad do you think they are right now that we're standing on a White House balcony with our feet up smoking cigars? Like, how mad do you think, like, Alexander Hamilton is so pissed <laughs> that a Puerto Rican man is what made him famous again. Like, he's happy because oh, he's famous again. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But he's mad that, like, if you believe yeah, in an all of these dudes would have hated being portrayed by oh, yeah. handsome black men. Yes. Yes. And they're all so handsome. I don't think Thomas Jefferson would have had a problem with the handsome black women, though. No. Nope. He would not have. Yeah, dude. This, He's a bad this, guy. This, He's a bad person. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This show was made for, for me in 2020 and, and definitely not made for me in 2015. 
Um, which is fine. You know, that, that's the whole thing is you gotta, you gotta learn and grow and be better and understand where you went wrong and fix things. And there's, there's so much going on right now of holding people against holding people in the past against today's standards Mm -hmm. is the problem. And that's, that's what's come up a lot just in the past few days about Hamilton and people trying to deem this thing as worthless because of the apparent pedestal it puts these people on. And it's like, it was things, things, you know, we, you would love to say like things, oh, things aren't that different than they used to be, but they, they are, they're not as good as we want them to be by any means. We're still out here fighting for change and, and, and demanding change. But to say that things haven't changed would be asinine. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because if things wouldn't have changed, like Hamil- like Hamilton, the show wouldn't exist. Right. Lynn, in general, be would not be yeah. successful at yeah, all. Yeah, Lynn, Lynn would have never been able to... I mean, he comes from an immigrant family. Like, yeah. he wouldn't have been able to have any of the success. He wouldn't have been able to be in the room where it happened. Like, <laughs> at all. Even if he forced himself there, which he kind of did. Like, he wouldn't have, you know... He wouldn't have been able to be there. Oh, Lynn definitely forced himself into the room where it happened. Oh, yeah. But, like, it would have been, like... I don't know. It... it in 2005, when he was trying to put uh, In the Heights on, would have been way different than if he was doing it in, like, 1905 or, like, 1935. Or 1995. Yeah, yeah seriously. 19, <laughs> I was like, you don't even have to go that far back. Yeah. Um, I lost that. I lost that thought entirely. Because Lynn produced Hamilton himself, right? Like, there was no... I'm honestly not sure. I, don't I know, know he produced okay. In the Heights by himself, but I think that um, with the success of In the Heights, I mean, he won a Tony for In the Heights. So I think that it was a little bit easier for him with Hamilton, but he definitely, like, it wasn't... I mean, he certainly didn't produce In the Heights by himself. He was just on My Brother, My Brother and Me talking about having to get it produced. Okay. Then I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, no, I don't think that he produced Hamilton by himself. I know that um, he... Um, like, it was rough for him because, like, no one really kind of bought into the whole... <laughs> I didn't buy into it. <laughs> Hamilton as a musical. Um, a rap musical? Yeah. But, I mean, he did, like, he did kind of use his um, his clout after In the Heights mm-hmm. to get it done. What play oh, God. are they watching when Philip confronts? No idea. I have no idea. Okay, I thought that was like a continuing the Hamlet joke kind of thing. Maybe. The Hamlet joke? You mean Macbeth? The Macbeth joke? Macbeth joke, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a Hamlet joke like on Twitter, just not in the yeah. show. There's a joke where someone yes. yelled Macbeth. to him from a that car. That is what I meant, was Macbeth. Yeah, which like, they actually said it in the show. <laughs> Macbeth. Macbeth, yeah. You don't do that. Yeah, that was wild. But, but of course, like that's that when everything called- goes bad for him. Right? Like, that's... Everything after that is terrible for Alexander. Yeah. They think me... Yeah. My, one of, um... My, like, favorite... I think it was, like, a live stream that Lynn did or something where someone asked him, what's the other... Or it might be even be in the Hamilton. What's the other Scottish tra- tragedy that he's referencing? And it's like, he meant him. <laughs> he's the Scottish tragedy, and Macbeth is the other Scottish tragedy. Which I think is funny. Because, uh, you know, he's a Scot. <laughs> Which I forget sometimes because he's played by Lin Manuel Miranda. It's the, like the the first line. Yeah, no, of I know. the show. But after that, it's not really mentioned again until he talks about Macbeth. Where's Scotland? Because his father wasn't around. No, but he 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 was a he was a Scottish uh, immigrant to the Caribbean. I actually have read Chernow's uh, biography that uh, Lin based of, it off of. of. Ham. It's really good. Oh, I'm sure it is. I've the first time I heard about it, I heard that it was like unreadable yeah that's then, also what i've heard and then follow-up conversations have been very much like no it's super legible like super simple to read very yeah. much like a ninth grade reading level i mean it's dense but it um it, it reads like a story 
I have a hard time with it sometimes just because it's like it's very like fact heavy, but it's not like hard language by any means. Um, it's just it's just dense. It's like a thousand pages long or something ridiculous. It's longer than the Hamilton. According to Lynn, back in 2015, the play is called The West Indian because huh. because Hamilton was from the West Indies. Huh. That wasn't as fun of a fact as I thought it was going to be. That's pretty clever. It is clever, but it just wasn't anything I knew about it. What I mean, what what do we know about that play? I know nothing about that play. Yeah. Well. So apparently Lynn put up for the off-Broadway production at the Public Theater, and then um, Jeffrey Seller found it and put it in the Richard Rogers for its Broadway okay. debut. So Cool. I hope somebody one day contacts me and is like, hey, I would like to put your play in the Richard Rogers Theater. Yeah. That's where In the Heights yeah. was, too. Yeah. Yep. Which apparently is, like, really common because, uh, like, people going back to the same theaters. Because School of Rock, Alex Brighton was in School of Rock, and then he was in At the Winter Garden, and then he was in Beetlejuice at the Winter Garden, too. So it's, like, really common for them to have similar people. I don't know anything about the theaters themselves, to be completely honest Me with either. you. I've been to the Minskoff, I, and that's it. Is that Lion King? That's Lion King, yeah. The one <laughs> in, in been, Times Square. I've been to the Al Hirschfield, whatever one Wicked's in. It's, the, like, one of the, the Gershwin. Most, the Gershwin. And the Long Acre. I haven't been to any of them. Oh, whatever's the Aladdin one. You've never been to a show on the Broadway? I've never been to a show on the Broadway. Hopefully next April. Yeah, Tyler and I have been to to the Lion King together, and that was the only Broadway performance I've seen. I've seen Uh, four shows, I think. Five shows. I've seen a bunch of shows, like, in Miami. I just have never seen them in New York. Yeah, Yeah, must be nice. It must be nice. To get national tours through your hometown. Literally. And not have to drive three hours. Twice, because we have the Miami, um, the Adrian Arch Center that's in, like, Miami. And then there's one in Broward, like, the Broward Center for the Performing Arts, which also gets national tours. So, like, that's why I saw Hamilton twice twice in two years, because the first year was in Broward, and the second year was in Miami. I got to to see a, a show at the Al Hirschfeld Theater. That's where I saw How to Succeed in Business. That's where Tyler saw, That's how, to where I saw how to succeed in business. With who? Dan Radcliffe. Radcliffe. Oh, I saw it with uh, Darren Chris. I almost mm. met Dan Radcliffe uh, when he was doing How to Succeed in Business, but I was too chicken. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that was an option. No, so I um, I did my we had we had to do like job shadows in high school, um, and most people did like dentists or like lawyers or whatever their aunt or uncle were doing, and I asked my media teacher to pull strings, and I did mine at Thirty Rockefeller Plaza. Um, so I did the show before the Today Show and like helped them write news stuff or whatever. So he was performing on the news on the Today Show that day, and we were taking a tour of the studio, and they were like, "Hey, this guy is performing." The girl didn't even know who he was because he was in like sweats and stuff, and she's like. Um, he's in How to Succeed in Business. Do you guys want to go meet him? And I said, uh, no, <laughs> because everyone else said no. So it's like one of my biggest regrets is like not uh, going to meet Daniel Radcliffe because I could have met him like really chilly because he had like an hour. He wasn't doing anything. He was just hanging out. So so the cool thing about Darren Chris, you saw it at a very, very like it was three weeks. It's yeah. January 3rd to 22nd on yeah. t- in 2012. Well, I was like the biggest Darren Chris fan at the time. Uh like, and then I, Nick Jonas took over after that until it closed. 
Yeah, so the cool thing about How to Succeed is that it was three of my big interests. It was Harry Potter, then it was Glee, then it was the Jonas Brothers. So I basically was just like, which weekend we going? It was Harry Potter and then Harry Potter again. It's true, but at the time it was Glee. <laughs> that was, he like had to take time off of Glee to do it. So it was a big deal. But I was in love with Darren Chris. So that's why I went with all of my friends. My mom took like five of us uh, just by herself and we just drove to New York and back. Darren Chris wore the purple tie, right? He did. I have one on uh, in my yeah. room somewhere. And Dan did blue. And Nick Jones yeah, and Nick green. was green. Yeah. I still, Dan, uh, Darren Chris was still the best one. I don't think Dan Radcliffe or Nick did very good. I know absolutely nothing about that show. It's very good. And the movie's very good, too, even though it's old. The show is very good. I, <laughs> yeah. I really like Daniel's. The original show uh, is very good. Yeah. I really like Daniel Radcliffe's uh, cast album. I thought he did a really good job. With I it. thought he did a really good job, too. It's just always hard when you have someone that uh, doesn't have an American accent and then doesn't have a very good American accent. I feel like I had to forgive a lot listening to it um david diggs doesn't have a french accent and he doesn't do a very good french accent either and i had to forgive he a, a lot. comically bad he, french accent yeah, on purpose. i know well that's kind of like um, that's kind of like um, <laughs> a lot of the revolutionary set the uh when lynn did the accent in mary, mary poppins. poppins returns oh my god <laughs> okay but it's supposed to be like that doing I will take Daniel Radcliffe doing an American accent over Lynn's performance in Mary Poppins Returns. But it's supposed to be like that. Like, they literally released interviews about, like, it's supposed to be really bad. It's painful. Oh, it's bad. Oh, I don't I don't think so. It doesn't bother me that much. It's supposed to be really bad doesn't mean I you wanted, have to I enjoy it I wanted so it being much really to like Lynn in that, but I just, I had so much trouble. I loved him in it. That I, Trip of I, Little Life Fantastic the, song is, is hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not a good song, though. So I wasn't into the music. I think I only saw it once and then I just never, I was like, okay, that was a thing. I love Emily Blunt though. She can do it's, nothing it, wrong. I, I, I legitimately liked the movie. It is a good, it's the good way to do fan service. Like they did a good yes. job yeah. of being referential without hitting it too hard. Yeah. I thought, I mean, I mean, they tried to just Julie Andrews said that she wasn't coming back. No, because she wanted Emily Blunt to have her moment. Yep. Well, she had her moment. She did. I loved it. <laughs> I, was I loved her. unaware that Dick Van Dyke was still alive until that exact <laughs> moment. He's like 97. That's because you don't watch Disney things. Yeah. He's, he's in he's all, in the all of things. the Disney things. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't. So like whenever, I watch really? Well, like not like Disney movies or anything, but like whenever they do something at one of the parks or they do some sort of like Disney, anything Mary Poppins like the Disney Christmas special or they do like a new year I think a Thanksgiving day on Thanksgiving day they do um holidays at the Disney parks like he's always somewhere they also they had a performance I don't remember it, it wasn't at the Tony's but it was at some some sort of a like theater award show where they it might have been the Olivier's where they did uh Step in Time and the guy who played uh, Bert, like on the stage show. Yeah, on the stage show, like took a moment and like allowed Dick. I mean, allowed. <laughs> it's his job. <laughs> but you know, like like they stopped the show. Dick Van Dyke walked out, and then he did the whole dance with them. I'll have to find the video. It's so good. I cried. He's wonderful. He's a national treasure. <laughs> what? Hank Green's first book, An Absolutely Remarkable Thing, was released in 2018. The story of a young woman thrown into and then growing her fame as the world suddenly has to deal with massive changes in the form of contagious dreams and mysterious 10-foot-tall robots that have appeared in every major city. The Associated Press said it was a thrilling journey that takes a hard look at the power of fame and our willingness to separate a person from the brand. Book reported said it was, perhaps 
perhaps as honest a look as we will ever get into the phenomenon of cyber fame. And Ethan, I have a positive review here from the San Francisco Chronicle. Go ahead and grab a negative review for me. San Francisco Chronicle says, uh, it is sparkling with mystery, humor, and the uncanny. This is a fun read, but beneath its effervescent tone, more complex themes are at play. I could not find a negative review for this book, Tyler. Could not find one anywhere on the internet. That's because it was so good. An absolutely remarkable thing was absolutely remarkable. But that novel, novel, navel, that navel, is the navel, is that a belly button? Yeah, that's a belly button. Do robots have belly buttons? I don't think the Carls do. The Carls? I don't think they do either. Well, that novel is now out in paperback or at your library. Library? Library. Library that lies lies to you. There's an R in there library well, what about a berry that lies to you i've never trusted raspberries okay that's the one where you don't say the letter in the middle raspberries it's, it's raspberry and library library and also in cheap audio form the sequel and conclusion of the story a beautifully foolish endeavor is out to sparkling reviews i they're genuinely only positive reviews for this book hang one of this publisher to sponsor a ton of small podcasts but they said that was too weird so instead hang took five percent of his advance from the book and did it himself and that's us we are that small podcast. We are the small podcast. I mean, there are a lot of other small podcasts that are also getting this advice, yes. <laughs> but we are one of those small podcasts. We are one of those small podcasts. Library Journal's Star Review said, throughout this adventurous, witty, and compelling novel, Green develops sharp social commentary on the power of social media and both the benefits and horrendous consequences that follow when we give too much of ourselves to technology. The book is out in July 7th in physical, audio, and ebook wherever books are sold, or you can just go to hankgreen.com and that will get you where you need to go. Tyler, I've pre-ordered my copy from hangreen.com and I am very excited for it to get here like Monday. Not this Monday. Me. The Monday after we release this. I see Hank do that on TikTok a lot. Hank do what on talking TikTok? About, oh, he's yeah. always talking about his book. <laughs> he is always talking about his book on TikTok. It is a brilliant, brilliant guerrilla marketing campaign for sure where he's just like holding it for no reason. Uh, right, yeah. I think it's so great. Just Hank Green like telling you about science and holding his book. Anyway, Thank you so much to uh, Hank and all of the people involved in A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor for sponsoring Bacon and Eggs and small podcasts everywhere. I was a huge fan of An Absolutely Remarkable Thing, and I was a huge fan of the time that Tyler and I awkwardly met Hank Green in a hotel lobby for PodCon. Just, bef- just before he was on Hello from the Magic Hello Tavern. Hello from the Magic Tavern. It is it is a truly remarkable opportunity to, to receive this, this ad for this book. So go buy it on our recommendation. This is going to be great. And buy the original one too. If you haven't already bought it or if you have, buy it again. We can all talk about it together. Yeah. Anyway, back to the episode. Back to the episode. Can I tell you the truth? We watched Mary Poppins this year. I haven't seen Returns. I don't know, man. It was okay. Yeah, you have no nostalgia for it. It's a movie you need yeah, nostalgia none. for. Yeah, I love Mary Poppins. I love Mary but, Poppins, but too. But you're absolutely right. Like, I remember watching it as a kid, and, mm-hmm. like, that's why I love Mary Poppins so much. And, like, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Like, I remember the songs the most out of that movie. I remember there used... We used to have a video. I don't remember which Disney VHS, but I used to watch it constantly. Because at the end of the movie, it would play, and then they did a whole thing with Mary Poppins, like behind the scenes of Mary Poppins and like the Sherman brothers talking about them writing the songs for a spoonful of sugar. And so that's why I love that song because I just like that, whatever VHS that is, I don't even remember what the VHS is. I watched it so much that I could almost quote that thing after. So that's why I love Mary Poppins. I love the behind the scenes that Disney really talked a lot about. 
I also really like saving Mr. Banks, though, so. Okay, so let's get back to the task at hand here. Oh, yeah. Oh. We are here to <laughs> talk about Disney? Hamilton. Whoops! No, not Disney. Uh, Disney sort of being the byproduct, the secondary character here, who just were enterprising and snatched up the, the rights to this. Not gonna um, lie, but I understand that I'm, like, the Disney fan here, but, um... The like fireworks with the with the song at the beginning and the castle and the Disney castle, I got a little choked up. <laughs> it made me really happy, and that's it. <laughs> you know what's so weird is I felt like worlds are colliding that aren't supposed to be colliding, and I'm like a super Hamilton fan and a super Disney person. Like buy it all, Disney, do what you got to do. But it just felt it felt a little weird for me with yeah. the castle. I wish that the I just wish they'd used a different part. Of the show, like it was weird that it was the Ten Dual Commandments to me. Well, I like. Oh no, that I thought they, it was cool. Yeah, they lined up like all of the the beats with the the fireworks. With the fireworks, so, like, yeah. It was super. cool. I'm just glad it wasn't the traditional like da, theme da, song. Da, oh yeah, yeah. would I think it would have bothered me more if it was like the Disney yeah. song. Well, they haven't been doing that for a while. Like they usually change the like with the uh, Princess and the Frog one. They did like a New Orleans version of it. So I like it when they do that. I just wish it hadn't been Ten Dual Commandments. It's like my least favorite Hamilton song. Really? Oh, I like the Tintel Commandments. It's fine. What is your favorite Hamilton song? <sighs> Go ahead. I can't answer that. <laughs> My favorite Hamilton song is History Has Its Eyes on You. Uh, Washington. Wa- okay, so my my favorite character is Eliza, but like of all of the men, uh, Washington and Burr are really tied because I really like the croony characters. Um, but History Has Its Eyes on You makes me cry a lot because I've always been someone that's like always wanted to leave something behind, like a legacy, kind of like Alexander Hamilton, but not that intense. And so like <laughs> History Has Its Eyes on You like gets me. So that one, that one's my all time favorite. I will listen to that. Um, that and One Last Time, specifically the Barack Obama version. But um, One Last Time ranks pretty high for me. Yeah. Did you have one, Annie? Annie, you ha- literally have a tattoo. Yeah, so wait for it. <laughs> It's probably my favorite song. Um, I also really like Satisfied. Mm. Like, because I love Angelica Schuyler. Like, she's, out of all of the girls, like, she's my favorite girl in the show. And Burr is probably my favorite character in the show. Um, But, yeah, I guess Wait For It is definitely, like, that's the one that I I will play when I'm not just listening to the cast album Mm -hmm. straight through. Yeah. Ethan, do you have a favorite this early on? Uh, uh, This, I mean, if you ask me right now, I'm going to say Satisfied as well. Yeah. Interesting. I um, love that song so, so much. Do uh, you want to expand? But on a that? lot of that, a lot of that has to do with the uh, the film of, of actually watching it. Yeah. And watching them do the rewind and the choreography backwards and everything, and and how they use the actual set, the the, the interleafing, intertwining circles. Yeah. Um, a lot of it has to do with just the whole production. I am much more uh, interested in like the pieces that tie the whole thing together so far than I am the big numbers. Okay. So I I really like all of the the like the parts where they're telling like a lot of history in one little piece. Like I like the Battle of Yorktown. I like the election of eighteen hundred. I like all of the the Jefferson pieces and all of the Lafayette pieces and just any of the the like the glue moments as opposed to like okay. the big songs. That's so weird because I come in totally different than all of you. <laughs> And I like, which is so like, it's awesome, right? There's so many. I don't think there's a bad song. No, there's no, there's no bad answer. Let me be clear about that. Yeah. I would say like, honestly, my favorite songs are like Farmer Refuted and the first cabinet meeting. Okay. Oh, the first cabinet meeting. That's what I'm saying. I like to see. I like when, I like when Hamilton flexes. Yeah. I I like the cast interactions more than I do the like the solo numbers. There's not really a bunch of solo numbers in this. Um, Not your traditional arias. 
But yeah. I like the when when you get to hear the cast interact because I think that's where you get the best writing. It's where you get the yes. the the punchlines, the like the cleverness of it. Uh, Washington on his side is another one that's really like that. Yeah, that's yes. really I good. love that one. I like the the oh, dresses so like good. fake royalty. I'd never gotten that, that's from Washington on his side, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I'd never mm. gotten that line until like this week after like seeing it. Oh man, They're, the best rhyme in the whole thing. Lynn tweeted about this earlier is fits of passion and pits of fashion. Yeah. Yes. I like that one. I like when he. I like, like the uh, the beginning really of. I like the beginning of the eight, uh, Battle of eighteen hundred when Jefferson and Madison are talking, and Madison's like every question glances off him. He obfuscates. He dances, and then I have uh, to look up that word. Jefferson, what is what does Jefferson say? The the um oh they say I'm a francophile. At least At they least know they I know, know I where know France where Frank- is. Yeah, I also and it's really like that's like- just so. There's so many syllables there lining up that I'm like, how did you even do that? Because well, like that's the that's the thing that people always talk about Lil Wayne. They're like he rhymes the same word with the same word, and I'm like, no, he rhymes the previous nine words together. <laughs> yeah, You're just not correct. listening. Yeah, and it's like honestly, anything Lafayette or uh, Jefferson. Jefferson does is kind of that similar thing where it's just like the rhyme is not even like it's not even the words sometimes it's just the syllables like the way the syllables hit that make it that make it fit so well but this is so this is not an uncommon f- way for me to approach musicals like my favorite character in Le Mis is Angeras my favorite character in Phantom is Raul like I, I generally side with the the side characters like I love anytime Burr does the introductions to the new yes. pieces yeah um because it took me a while it took me until I saw it to realize that he's talking about the next, like, five things that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite character, E? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I like Ham. <laughs> I'm trying to find the line that I'm, I was talking to you about at the, earlier today. Um, it's in the, like, when they tell them that, like, I think the song's called We Know, right before the Reynolds pamphlet. But they don't know. Yeah. Now you know. Uh, I never spent a cent, a cent that wasn't mine. You sent the dogs after my scent. That's fine. And he uses every form of the word scent in two lines. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just amazing. That whole, that whole, um, cause that's what the part of what the drunk history episode is about yeah. is yeah. that whole interaction. And Lynn's just like, yeah. And Hamilton basically just says <laughs> so many things he doesn't even say answers questions are not asking. And like that comes across in that song, even to the point where Jefferson looks it up and goes, my God, my God. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> or like when he hands the, uh, the 30 year, the, the list of chronological, every discrete, Disagreement. Yeah, yeah. disagreement he had with Burr. Here's an itemized list of 30 years of disagreement. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. Or like when he's going off... um, Do you know what? No. Okay. This is the best freaking thing. You know the last (laughs) word? You know the last word Burr says to Hamilton is? What? Wait. Wait. Yeah. That's so freaking good. I would say, yeah, I think Burr is my favorite character just sheerly because of Leslie Odom Jr. So I feel like I've seen Burr played three different ways now. Because, like, the first time I saw um, Hamilton live, I honestly, I don't remember who it was that played Burr in the touring cast, but he was very, like, slimy, like, like, just... Slimy, yeah. yeah he's, he's just... clearly the villain. Yeah, like, it, like he's just very clearly the villain. Yeah. And then in the second time I saw it, I feel like he was, I don't want to say aggressive, but just, like, very passive aggressive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like Leslie Odom Jr. is just like he makes me feel bad for him. Yeah, and well, that's why and that's why Burr's my favorite. And Leslie Odom Jr. does the the, the sympathetic 
soft, beautiful voice, you know, Theodosia writes me a letter every day. Yeah. And you're just like, you feel bad for this guy that's in love with this wife of this British officer. Mm -hmm. But then he also, on the other end of it, goes full on, like, does the, like, Kendrick Lamar voice crack. Yeah. And, 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 and he's just like, take a book collection. Just that whole thing yeah. is, like, just completely unhinged. Yeah. Well, that's, that. like, I know we talked about it a little bit, um, but that's why I love his, like, his arc so much, because I feel like Room Where It Happens is really where that kind of, like, shifts, um, where he, he realizes that he's being left out of everything that's happening, and he kind of just, like, is, like, flips a switch. And, like, since, like, ever, like, since Room Where It Happens to the end of the show, he's just, like, a completely different person than he is before that that song yeah the and and he absolutely sells it in the movie when uh hamilton's up on the the top of the uh, scaffold thing scaffolding thing and it's like jefferson has my vote and the camera just holds oh my on the god wide shot yes and then comes in on leslie odom jr with just this defeated look on his face but with the crazy, the crazy eyes. eyes absolutely and you can just see that like he just broke oh so good he's incredible what has he done since hamilton other than that music. Uh, commercial um he came out with a christmas album he has uh like a jazzy album where he sings and it's very awesome i like it a lot i feel like he's just living off hamilton money and like good for you dude i mean he's putting out music but, but like yeah i don't know he's not selling out i don't know he's there's no more hustle which is great just go for it. Uh, there might be. I mean, very, very realistically, it could be that, like, Leslie Odom Jr. is hustling and not getting anything. Like, that yeah. is the story for minorities in that field. Fair. Um, yeah, like, I believe uh, he put uh, out... Uh, what, what's, what's the example of this? Um, somebody was the lead role in, like, a billion-dollar movie, and after that couldn't get an audition. What? Who was it? It was a minority. This is recently. No idea. I don't watch movies. Welcome to a movie lover's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Bacon and Eggs. Uh, it was I the dude who played show. Aladdin. The dude who played Aladdin. Oh, uh, Mina Masood. Yeah. Yeah. Like, didn't get a single audition after billion dollar Aladdin. That's crazy. He's so great. Uh, looks like Leslie Odom Jr. was in the Murder on the Orient Express as well oh, as yes, Harriet. Oh, yes, he was. He was in he was Murder. He Harriet. I knew that. I, I remember Murder on the Orient Express. He was also in a 2006 episode of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. I think we all were. I mean, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, and like David Diggs jumped out of like literally finished his run on Hamilton and was like, okay, I do TV now. Cool. Yep. And Wonder. He's um, the movie Wonder. Well, he's doing, uh, what is it? Uh, Snowpiercer right yeah, now? Yeah, he's doing Snowpiercer. And he he's was just in, great. he was in, or maybe still is in Blackish and has been since the very beginning. Yes. Which that show is hilarious. Yeah. And I know he, he went back and did uh, Freestyle Love Supreme with Lynn. Yes. For a, for a while. For a bit. Which, didn't Disney buy that, too? I mean, yeah, it's coming out on Hulu. Oh, yikes. And then it just got super quiet here in the studio. <laughs> I'm trying to think. And then um, Pippa Sue did Amelie after that, I think. Amelie? Um, did, wait, did did uh, what about Amelie? Is that a musical now? No, she was in it. Yeah. In what? Amelie. What is that? I don't know what piece of media that yeah, is. What are you I've never talking heard about? of this thing. The movie? She was not in Amelie the movie. No, she was in the musical. So there's a mu- that's what I just asked. There's a musical? Yes. Okay, I would ne- neither of you answered that question. Oh. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yes, Peppa Sue was Amelie in the Amelie musical. I did not know there was an Amelie musical. Amelie? Because she certainly Amelie. was not in Amelie the movie. She would have been like five. <laughs> Were any? I mean, no. Like, I mean, she wasn't. Five, I keep coming back to this. Joke. It was two thousand one. <laughs> Man, that this Hamilton thing. This is a a good piece of work. This is just fascinating. You know, <laughs> just a very good piece of historical, mostly nonfiction, but also <laughs> mostly fiction. I'm 
glad like how many people are like discovering how awesome it is now. Like I feel like it it took away the like the barrier you have to get through uh, to see it. Like obviously you have to have Disney Plus and an internet connection. But once you have those two things, like, I don't know. D- Disney Plus and an internet connection is a lot smaller of a barrier than, like, you right. need to win then, a lottery right. to maybe no, get a I ticket mean. for $500. Like, Yeah. I mean, when I, okay, so I became a fan of Hamilton right before Lynn got off, I believe. Um, I remember legitimately looking up tickets, looking around my room and seeing what I could sell <laughs> so that I could go, to go see. see it. Yeah, before he left. Because I think it was, like, June before he left. So tickets were selling for, like, $1,700. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my tickets weren't that expensive, but they weren't cheap. And no. I saw a touring cost. No, my tickets were not that expensive either. But I had uh, partial view when I saw it. Yes. Uh, which I don't regret. Being in the room where it happens is all that matters. Yep. So the second time we saw it, I don't know how... We actually got cheaper tickets. I guess since, like, more time had passed, so it wasn't so much... Like, it had already been on tour for a year. So it wasn't like super sought after, or I mean, it's still sought after, but it wasn't as crazy. Um, we Didn't were they have able like to three get, touring companies going at the same time. It, I think it was just two. two. The but yes, they had two touring companies. It Philip. was the uh, the Philip tour and the Peggy tour. Yeah, I, well, I saw the Angelica tour. Okay, okay well, so then. it was Philip and Angelica then. Sure. It, I mean, sure. Yeah. There was two. I know it's two. Philip. There was definitely two tours, and I think I saw like opposite ones mm. the two years that I saw it crazy yeah i saw it with zoe jensen as eliza i honestly couldn't tell you i have my playbills at home and i am not home no you're very far i only know this because she was very good and is like the only person from the show that i followed on instagram (laughs) and and she posts a lot on instagram so like that's the only way i know actually that was the angelica tour i was like who did i see and i like checked my current stories and her name was up there and i was like ah yes that is who it was She's also in Dear Evan Hansen and Tiger's Musical. What's her name? Zoe Jensen. She must have played uh, Alana, is my guess. I don't know. I have no clue. Because her name yeah, sounds Alana familiar. Beck. Yeah, her name sounds familiar. And Zoe Murphy as an understudy. Yeah. All Alanas, I think, have to be an understudy for Zoe because the cast is so small. Okay, so this That's one that me... I would have imagined a large cast. Anyway, go ahead, Ethan. This brings me to a question that I wanted to ask. Obviously, obviously especially after the success of this, there is going to be a Hamilton movie sooner or later. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, You say that. I don't don't think they're going to do it into a movie. I think that if they were going to do it into a movie, he would have done it already, or he would have at least like sold it already, like he did for In the Heights. Who knows what Disney paid $75 million for, though, is the real question. True. I just want to know how many people have streamed it already. Like, I want those numbers. Anyway. Uh, That will come out soon. I still have a feeling that there is eventually going to... The the arc of history is long, and it bends toward a Hamilton movie. This is too valuable okay. property for it not to be a movie. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like, there is a... There is a Phantom of the Opera movie. There's a Les Miserables. Right. There's movie. yeah. There's still the 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 pro film production Cats does got not a movie. Yeah, does not preclude it from uh, being a movie. I have two important questions about the eventual Hamilton movie. One, oh no. One, do you think that it is important for the cast to be doubled up the way it is? Yes. Yes. Even in a movie. Yes. I think it's the you way it's say to- more than yes. the story is told. Um, especially because of what we talked about, about the beginning of Alexander Hamilton. Like, I think it's we important. We didn't talk about that here. Oh, did we talk about it on our show? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how at the beginning uh, in Alexander Hamilton, how uh, when it says, like, we fought with him, it's 
not only it's Div- it's David Diggs and Oak. I I can't say his. I don't know how to say his real name. Oak. Yeah, Oak. Um, um, who play um, Lafayette? Oh, so David Diggs plays Lafayette and Jefferson. Yeah. And then Oak plays uh, Hercules Mulligan and Madison. James, Madison. James Madison. That's his name. Yeah. So when they say we so fo- freaking funny though. Sorry, I just have to interject here. James Madison, like, two Virginians, one of the things of, of James Madison is that he was, like, super yeah, short. Yeah, like, like, four foot nine. So oh, that yeah. Is, that is, that is a was... joke that Virginians know above all else. And so when that, this, this big Democratic Republicans came out on stage and was like, <laughs> I'm James Madison. And I was like... <laughs> it's so funny that, like, I'm more bothered by Madison's height than his color. <laughs> oh, I yeah, was bothered so, by it. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I, I, did, I was unaware of that. So when we watched it with Ethan and Ethan started laughing, I was like, I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> he had to explain that. But then, so the, that line kind of, it, it encompasses both of their characters. And then when um, Anthony Ramos says, I died for him, he plays uh, John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton, who are both characters that died for Hamilton. Yeah. And when then, I think about Look Down or whatever the first song name is, is yeah, called. Yeah, it's Look Down. Mm-hmm. That straight up would not work with Alexander Hamilton. What do you mean? Like that level of set piece would not work for the story we are told in the beginning of Hamilton. Like they would have to do something to change the song. Because I think you absolutely have to have different actors. There's no reason why you couldn't just have those four actors standing there saying we fought for him. I know it, it, it's, fought with the whole thing is that the first act and the second act are, you know, it's the same story being told, like the same people in right. his life are doing the same things. But you, and don't, that's, you don't have a you don't have a first and second act in the movie. I, I yeah. no, I understand I, that. But the Les Mis movie, they barely cut anything out and it's still ridiculously long. No, I understand that, but I, I like I'm gonna disagree with you here. Like I think that you would, ha- if you're gonna do an actual movie, you have to have cast two different people because without without an intermission, you you're gonna have a lot of confusion as to why um, Lafayette's hair is down and he's in a purple coat. Well, to talk about the Wizard of Oz, they, it's the same thing where the characters in the Wizard of Oz play her family at the end. They're played by the same actors. I don't think it's the Absolutely same. Story. That's not, not the same. The same. <laughs> How? The v. They play different did characters the and no one's confused. In, no, they don't. They if, don't if play if different v. characters. If Diggs did the first act in a lion costume, I think he could get away with it. It's it's not even... Wizard of Oz takes place in a dream, right? Like, that's the yeah. whole thing. Is yeah. that, the, the, she's a match. She's, so they she's, are the same people. The dream is yeah. populated. It's, it's like Inception. The dream is populated by people you know. I don't know. I think Hamilton as a movie... I think a lot of musicals can't be made into a movie, and Hamilton as a movie is a stupid idea. I think you should leave it on the, on the theater. And that is my hard take, hard stance, I will die on this hill. It's the same way that I feel about Dear Evan Hansen, but that's another story. Dear Evan Hansen absolutely should be a film. It should be a film before a musical. Yeah. It is they should have gone straight to film musical. with that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't like the book, though. So, and what no, 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 they're no, going to They should make the a book. movie musical before they worry about a Broadway production, is what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't, I don't uh. think Hamilton should be made into a movie. I think it needs to be important and stay on the stage, the same way Cats should have been. I also hate the lame Miz film, so I'm going to sound, I'm sounding like a pretentious theater fan, which I'm aware but I just, I think that some things need to be separate. Not everything needs to be on every medium. Brutal. So I... <laughs> and you so Percy Jackson, should they make a movie out of that? What? <laughs> Percy Jackson? Yeah, not all books need to be movies. Not all books need to be TV shows. <laughs> Correct. I still think that it should be... Whatever. I don't <laughs> I, it shouldn't have been a movie. No, hold the on. Movie finish was that thought. I don't know. This is, uh, it, if this is a listener who's never listened to your show, finish that thought. 
I love Percy Jackson. I'm literally wearing a Percy Jackson shirt right now as we were recording. I, I see the that. movie is stupid because <laughs> first of all, no, it's stupid. Okay. It's straight up stupid. Katie's okay. telling me to use a different word. I'm not using a different word. It's stupid. The movie's awful because. There are things that can't be told in two and a half minutes time. It's the same problem that I have with most of... Two and a half hours. Yes, two and a half hours. It's the same problem that I have with most of the Harry Potter movies. It's the same problem that I have with a lot of adaptations. It doesn't need... Like, if you need to condense it so much that you're leaving out huge chunks of it, it doesn't need to be a movie. Hamilton is a perfect example where most of the things in Hamilton you need for the story of Hamilton. Most of the things you need in Percy Jackson you need for the story of Percy Jackson. The little details are what make the end so good. And that's why television show, you want to do a Hamilton television show? Whatever. I'm still gonna be mad, but whatever. Like, but it's only it's two and a half hours. Yeah, you don't it's need two a TV and a half hours show. long. You make a movie. Well, anyway, it it people complain all the time about how long movies are, and yet we're gonna take a musical that is good at two forty five. Like, you don't need to adapt every single thing into things that are shorter. I don't but think people, they necessarily people, have to make it shorter. Yeah, I nobody think said it anything about shorter. And I feel like the underlying argument you're making here is that the medium of theater is altogether better than the medium of film. Big musicals get made into movies. That is a a indescribable fact. And I don't agree with that. Like, the hairspray But they do. You you can't dispute that. But we're talking about my opinion. No, we're talking about whether or not it will be made into a movie. Yeah, this this property is too valuable. I know it will be made into a movie. I still think it's stupid. It should be made into a movie. The second question I have for this, what I thought was going to be a lighthearted question... I it tried getting there. I couldn't get a word and it's fine. So when when hell freezes over and the pigs fly and Hamilton gets made into this movie that <laughs> Becca hates, who do we think Lynn plays? Because obviously he can't stay away from anything for five Samuel seconds. Samuel Seabury. Yeah, he would See, that's what like, I was going to say, actually. Yeah, I was, was going to say. I would he say he like, won a big part. I, I would say, yeah, part. like the, like what he did for In the Heights. Like I would think he would play like either Samuel Seabury or he would play... Um, Mariah Reynolds' husband that I can never remember his first name. James. Uh, James. James. Wow, that's difficult. Yeah. Um, it's like so, like something small like that, because like in In the Heights, he's the piragua guy. Like that's or maybe generally he might play generally. <laughs> he would be hilarious. That would generally. be great. <laughs> Retreat. <laughs> That's it. Oh, another thing I noticed that um, I didn't talk about. I would about love our- to see Will. I would love to see Lynn deliver the like plant and tobacco in Mount Vernon line. That is such an intense line. Um, but another thing I noticed is that in the stage production, uh, the only time you see the British is when they're on the right side until uh, first. I mean, King George doesn't count because he's by himself. But when they're all fighting, everyone stays on the right side and. General Lee does all of his things from the right side, like when he's yelling. Um, after he like does his thing about George Washington yelling at him, and then he says the Mount Vernon thing, he's up in the top on the right side, which is the same place that the British general was. Oh, which is cool. Um, yeah, I think he would be uh, Seabury or yeah. James Reynolds. Yeah, but but Lee would be a hilarious role to see Lynn in. Yeah. So if in the film at the very end, Lynn steps up to Eliza and then she does the gasp when he doesn't play ham, then we know. Yes. So he we'll, is conceited. We'll be back on in like 15 years. Right. <laughs> Hopefully it takes that long. And then Dick Van Dyke comes <laughs> out, right? <laughs> he yeah, does Dick the, Van Dyke the... plays James Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. Can you do the, like, you can keep seeing my whore wife in a Cockney accent? I don't think you can. If the That's not how Dick Van Dyke normally talks. Well, but you gotta, like, do the thing that make you famous, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the real question. Could Eminem play Alexander Hamilton? Is that allowed? No. No. Okay. I want, I've been saying this since way before I liked Hamilton. I want Gambino for Hamilton in the Hamill movie. Isn't he on the mixtape? No. Oh, I thought no. he was. He's not. Um, I could see The choice Gambino. of people for the mixtape is both shocking and disappointing to me. Why? For the most part. I, it's just like, why Why does Nas have a song? Like, what is Nas doing? Stop. Who's He's Nas? being Nas. What is he? Nas. You don't like Nas? No. Oh, wow. Okay. It's all, it's, it. all, it's all old people. Like, whatever. George Watsky is do not you, old. Do you know what this show is based on? 90s and 2000s hip hop. Pink, I mean, Pink's on it. Too. Like, I had the discussion with you that Helpless is a Ja Rule yeah. and Ashanti song. <laughs> and I'm all okay. about that. I like the version they did. I had a thought, but now it's gone. Okay. Well, I was there. You threw away a your revelation. I had a revelation. Do not throw away your thought. You want a thought. revolution? I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration. Behold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created, all men are created equal. equal. I didn't like that she didn't get that moment. To talk to... What do you mean? To talk to Jefferson. Oh. Well, she was already in England. Yeah, she moved to England. Back. While he was kicking ass as the ambassador to France. Okay, well, <laughs> then she comes back to visit. Yeah, and stays that, upstate in New York. That Jefferson's was a thing that I learned Virginia. about Thomas Jefferson from this play, was that Thomas Jefferson spent 10 years in France. the ambassador to France? Yeah. Or that... Or the declaration was like, all men are created equal. Yeet! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Yeah, he didn't even have to fight in the war at all. Yeah, that was something I did not know. That was another one of my favorite lines when he says, don't lecture me on the war, you didn't fight in it. I was like, yikes! Yeah, the cabinet battles are great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, the, doing there's that, like, the rap battle. The, you could be anywhere in the world tonight with the, with the actual microphones. Oh, with the actual mics, yeah. There's a Incredible. third one on the, on the mixtape that's also really good. Yeah. I heard it. It's very good. It's very fun. I do. I love the cabinet battles. That was a good, good choice. This this show has a very strong second act compared to most shows. It, you'll go through phases of being like the first act is the best, man. Why would anybody? I mean, the first act is better, but I think the first act of every musical is better. And then you get to a point where you're like the second act, man. Yep. The second act is so much. There's cabinet meetings. I just meetings. don't care about the second act. So no the, more French here's the thing, accent. The, the second oh, act. It's the, so second, good. the second act in every musical is less fun, right? Always. It's sad. It's sad. It's always sad. Uh, at least all the big ones, because that's when that's when the things happen. There's no more setup. There's no more introductions. There's no more Je m'appelle It's all like. My son There's literally dies. the same character does the same song in the second right. act. Okay, so <laughs> let me finish my sentence. That's what I'm saying. It's like you get a you get a, a second set of characters in the second act for this. You get new yeah. people to be attached to. Yeah. Like yeah, it sucks that Lafayette's gone, but Jefferson's hilarious. Madison's hilarious. I don't really care about Philip Hamilton at all. Like at all. Like no. he was not in it enough. For me to care about him. I was more, I got more emotional when Lawrence dies in act one than when oh, for sure. Philip dies. When he's standing <laughs> off stage doing the like, tomorrow there'll be more of us. Yeah. The only time that Anthony Ramos gets to like sing. Yeah. Like yeah. sing by himself. Yeah. It's great. Um, I like, I don't My get. My name is Philip and I'm a poet. <laughs> I'm a little nervous, but I'm too afraid to show it or whatever he says. <laughs> That's not it. Um, uh, like, I, I don't feel Philip's death so much, but I do feel like it's quiet uptown. Like, that whole song yeah. is just... Like, that breaks I my feel, soul. I feel Philip's death not... Like, I, I'm with y'all. I don't care much for Philip. But I do feel when they've, they're have they holding hands and holding his dead body and 
Eliza pulls her hand off of his. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, I I feel... That's the most powerful moment in the show. I care much more about Eliza and Alex's response to Philip dying more than I care about like, oh dang, I shouldn't brag, but I graduated from King's College. I'm like, shut up. Who are you? (laughs) Your father's a scoundrel, and so it seems are you. Um... Yeah, I, I, I go, I, I agree with Tyler. I go through phases, like, there's sometimes where, like, I'll only listen to, like, the first, because I can't, it's very difficult to listen to the entire cast album in one sitting, because it's so long, um, but... I've done it four and a half times since I saw it on Friday. I get which it. Which is wild. <laughs> I get it, but... I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Uh, yeah. But when I don't have, like, three hours to kill, and I'm just like, okay, what half do I want to listen to, like... At first, I usually only listen to the first half, but there's definitely times where I just like, like because of the cabinet battles and because of the room where it happens and because of um, Washington on his side or on yeah on his side, like those songs are so good to me um, that I, I'll only listen to the second act. So, nonstop is a like the second half of nonstop is really cool and it it um, is a good way to go into the intermission, but it's like a weird rise and fall that the first act does where like you finish the Battle of Yorktown. And then it just drops. Yeah. And like, Dear Theodosia comes in, and you're like, okay, well, this is sort of a weird spot for this song. And then you bring it back up with like the big, because the you know, the end of Act One is always a big, like, let's bring every song we've done so far <sighs> together into one song. And it's no, always really cool. So it's really good. cool in one every musical. More. One Day More, um, Man Up from Book of Mormon. Yeah. Like there, it's, it's always like that, and it's always man sort of a, up is the end of Act One. Yeah, dude. Yeah. No. Yeah, go listen to it again. It's when everything comes back yeah, together. Like all of the songs are brought back into. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but it's, I it's, genuinely thought it's that was like easily missable when you're listening to some cast albums because you're just like, that was a really weird high note, and then you bring yeah. it back in with like usually like a like a punchline and a button. Um, but I, I just like it's it's kind of a weird rise and fall there at the end. Like I, I don't know if there's a better place to put Dear Theodosia. I think it's an important song, but it's yeah, just like a weird. I get ending. it. Like I, I usually say that that the first act ends like after his, uh, not his, uh, the world turned upside down. Yeah. Um, because then after that you have Dear, Th- Dear Theodosia. But like I kind of get it because the whole first act is him. Like it ends with him going to work with Washington. So no, it, I get it. Amy, yeah. I, I saw it live, right? I saw uh-huh. it with my own eyeballs. Uh-huh. I, I would have put money that Lawrence's death was the last thing before intermission. No. Nope. It's definitely not. I mean, I, it is a, and that's the thing is it's such a weird spin out of Lawrence dying into Lawrence dying into nonstop. I love it because like Eliza asks him like, Oh, are you okay? And he's like, I have so much work to do and that leads right into nonstop and it right, kind and of it, builds his character and you kinda of learn like exactly how driven well, and crazy he is yeah and it comes back it does the exact same thing in act two um when they finish it's quiet uptown and then can madison comes in just like politics? can we get back to politics yes and he's please. like crying yeah. <laughs> and he's yes, crying please <laughs> yeah uh, every know. action has its equal opposite, opposite reaction john adams shot the bed i love the guy he's in traction <laughs> and poor uh, alexander hamilton is, is missing an action, action. Oh man, what a good show! It's what so you... good. Um, I love Nonstop so much as an Act One finale. Oh, so yeah, it's a great song. I think great it's finale. Such a good song. Um, there's definitely I... and and even after seeing it live twice, like watching the the Hamill film, like I caught so many more lines, like Eliza um, underneath uh, 
Angelica, like towards the end of that song, like just a bunch of lines that I yeah. just missed because everyone's singing over each other, um, which is why I like the having captions, captions really help. Yep. Yeah. Captions are the best. Yeah, for sure. Or um, like in the Reynolds pamphlet, I didn't realize that Hamilton is the is saying it like underneath that. Oh yeah, I didn't know that either because uh, who it's is it Jefferson reading it? Yeah, it's either, Je- either the, him or Madison. I think I think it's Jefferson reading it. So mm-hmm. uh, reading the Reynolds pamphlets, I didn't realize yeah. that that Hamilton was reading it as well underneath. <sighs> I love this show so much. Um, the one thing I will say is that like I I've seen obviously a lot of stuff fly around from this show, and there were some things that I would have thought would have been bigger, more intense moments. Like I would have thought that the "Why do you write like you're running out of time?" line would have sort of been its own song. Yeah, it makes sense. Or like at least the name of the song, because that is like a line that I see a lot like thrown around. Uh, wait for it. I obviously get um the room where it happened. I would have thought would have been a much like not more important, but just like all around bigger song. Which I think is so funny that because you you said that to us privately too, and I'm like, it's one it's of just, the biggest dance breaks. I know and it's like, just fairly it's fairly low key compared to some of the rest of them. I, I don't agree at all. I don't agree either. <laughs> I just like I love the switch from Aaron Burr at the beginning of the, that song to the end of it because he like loses his mind. He has from there on like the crazy eyes of like I need to change what I'm doing, and I think that his uh, table jump is great, and like I love that. <sighs> song is so good it's my i'm not saying it's not good i'm not saying it's not effective it is just like it is i guess not the context it's the same with hurricane it is not the context <laughs> i would have thought that those lines existed in because yeah. i heard again i've heard the i wrote my way out thing over and over again like i wrote my i pen my own destiny or whatever he says yeah and it's just like this really weird dramatic song about deciding to write a, a, a pamphlet and publish it about cheating on your wife well, I think it's like it is a very weird context for it. Oh, definitely. Like, I think where it isn't in, in the show is a weird spot, but it also isn't just about that. I think it's more like him having a breakdown of being like, yeah, but I wrote out of everything. Like, I've yeah. written out of every bad situation. I can write out of this one, and he's wrong. Um, right. Yeah. So, but, I think yeah, that, and that's that the one thing is so like, good. How did you I expect mean, that to go, dude? She forgives him. Is she forgives wrong? him because their son dies. Yes, he's the wrong. Son dies. <laughs> if, if I don't think if Philip had died, that they would have been chill. Forgiveness. Uh, Hurricane is such a good song. Oh yeah, um, for sure. It is like just it whole, is such a weird context. Yeah, yes, the whole like inner monologue of it, and then like the only other two like kind of um, motifs that come in are wait for it. So like he hears Burr's voice in his head, and history has its eyes on you. So he hears Washington's voice in his head while he's doing all of this, and just is like, nope, still gonna do me. Still gonna do Mariah Reynolds. <laughs> that too. Love her. Lord, tell me how to do? say no to this. I do. I Mariah love- Reynolds is. I don't like her voice. I don't like what she does to his marriage. I don't like. I don't you like anything don't Mariah like Reynolds. Jazzy Jones's voice. Literally, Mariah no. Reynolds. Like, if anyone was like Becca, you were going to be a part of Hamilton tomorrow. Um, you can pick any any uh person to play. I'd be like, all right, I want to be Peggy and Mariah Reynolds. I want to be chill and have like barely anything to do. Still get to say I was a part of Hamilton, and like I don't know. I love Mark Reynolds. I'd want to be Lafayette and Jefferson. <laughs> that is so crazy to me. I, you know, what's crazy? Then is I knew exactly this would happen with the film. In fact, I was certain that if you saw the film and still hated Hamilton, you would be like, man, but David Diggs is. Which is wild because like I, I that I was hated the one David person on the cast album. <laughs> I hated David Diggs because I liked David Diggs. Genuinely, like I like I said, I watched Blackish from like the beginning. And I was like, this dude is hilarious. This is the guy from Hamilton. This is the really like chill, doesn't give a t- voice from Hamilton. He's so funny on stage. 
Okay, granted, I don't think I, yeah, a lot of, so a lot of the Jefferson part is being able to see him yes. and yeah. seeing the things he does. And I don't think I realized he was Lafayette. Like I didn't, His, just from yeah. listening, I didn't get the like, that they were both people thing. That actually was a surprise to me when I saw it live. That like I did not realize that the like the what are they what is the name of his little group? Uh, the Sons of Liberty. Sons of Liberty yeah. turned into to Jefferson Madison and and uh, well because yeah, so like, Anthony Ramos is great, but like he doesn't really get to do much like no. by himself ever. And then nope. uh, I'm John Lawrence in the place to be <laughs> two points of Sam Matt, but I'm working on three. That's right. what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and then uh, Oak sounds completely different from like, I'm Hercules Mulligan up in it, loving it. <laughs> Yeah, to, completely the opposite. So James like, Madison is like super yeah, like stands up straight the whole time. Stuff shirt and yeah, his plan is nothing less <laughs> than government control. I'm like these. That's obviously different people. It's not, but nope. Um, well, that's why that's why it's so interesting to see like their total transformation. Like especially Oaks. Like he, I think that oh. his two characters are so different that I, I think that he's one of the ones that deserved a Tony. I opinion. love that he doesn't have hair, so they just gave him like a hat and headbands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, when, when he first came on screen, I was like, "This is this beanie is so weird. Like, what are you doing?" Yeah, I love it. And then I understood it when I saw the rest of them with their hair down, and I was yeah. like, yeah. "Oh, okay, that's how we know they're different people." Yeah, because he didn't have. But that, well, has, that's, that has that's survived. The whole... They do that in the traveling shows as well. Well, that's yeah. the whole thing. Is that like um, one of the one of the um, the things that we had read about? Um, that we noticed was so all of the men have like their hair up in the first act because they're all fighting a war and then in the second act they all have their hair down and Eliza has her hair up because she's fighting a war with Hamilton and then um, Angelica at the beginning of the first act when she leaves and when she comes back um, her hair's down right when she leaves like her hair's down um, but when she comes back after the Reynolds pamphlet, her hair is up as well because she's fighting yeah, that same war. This. So hair is very important. Yeah. There's just, right. there's and no small detail that goes unlooked in the like, show. If they wanted Mulligan and Madison to have hair, they would have just given him a wig. Like yeah. it's right. theater. Yeah, exactly. But they just it's did not it like, as oh, like you a- have to, you have to grow a God awful ponytail to be in <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> Well, okay. uh, Lynn did. <laughs> so did Anthony Ramos. Yeah. Although he yeah, pulled he it did. off better for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Lynn, Lynn wait, when he pulls the hair down and starts wearing that green suit, I'm like, oh, God, not a good look, buddy. The, uh, the ponytail with the blue jacket. That was cool. You were cool then. Yeah. I remember when he cut it off, like right when he when he um, stepped down. Yeah, like, the second he it was finished. A huge thing. And then he went um, when they did the the uh, performances in, in Puerto Rico after the um, the hurricane. He had to actually like get a wig, and it was like the weirdest looking thing. It looked worse than like his actual hair. Yeah, which already didn't look good. Yeah, I'm sure he looked like the Phantom. <laughs> Fair. Because the Phantom always wears that god awful wig, yes. even if they have hair. So bad. It's just easier to do a wig in theater sometimes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, also, like, I remember in high school, Andrew George had to have, like, age lines drawn on his face. And after the show, if you came up to him and looked at him, you'd be like, oh, you clearly have lines. crayon all over your yeah. face. <laughs> uh, but, like, on stage. But yeah, it works on stage. It was like, it, you look you look like an older person. And right. It, it's amazing how well it worked. And those those costumes and stuff, especially the wigs in Fan of the Opera, were never designed for a camera to be three feet from their face. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Same with Lynn's hair. <laughs> 
like the the makeup that the Phantom wears on the prosthetic, the whole thing. Oh, it's so bad, scary. It's desi- but it's designed to be seen from outer space, basically. Yeah, so everything's so super like, exaggerated. When it's right up on them. You're like, oh god, stop that. <laughs> Does not so look bad. good. Not good. Not nope. good. Not good, Ramin. Not good at all, bud. It's so hard. Like, I love watching the the 25th anniversary Phantom because I'm like, Ramin is such an attractive human being that, like, seeing him as Phantom is just, it just blows my mind. The power of makeup and staging, man. Like, I follow him on Instagram. He's a real cute dude. Yeah, he's he's hot, straight up. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I watch the, not why, but that's part of the, the 25th <laughs> anniversary of is, is that he gets to just chill there and be super handsome and super charismatic and have the world's most incredible voice. <laughs> that's why I watch it. What is something that surprised you, E? Like Besides the whole thing. <laughs> But like, what was something I, that you you thought that you knew that you didn't? I don't think I knew anything. Like, I didn't have any preconceived notions about what this thing was like. The only thing I like that looked familiar to me was when they would do the the straight on, like basically the, the where they would put the camera right where the um, conductor was sitting. They would do mm-hmm. those those shots of each individual person. Like Jefferson gets to do the one the freeze frame with his whole posse, and yeah, um, you know, Bird does the one where he points at the ground. And, like, I had seen a bunch of those, like, pictures and silhouettes and drawings or whatever. And those were the images that I associated with Hamilton, like, the the the, the production. I'm just so glad that you liked it. I really did. I'm, I'm, I liked it a lot more than I expected to like it. I honestly. was legitimately like, nervous. Like, very nervous. Well, I mean, I was going to try to find things to like about it regardless. And then it started playing. And I was like, wait, this might actually be really good. Okay. Let's just roll with it. And then it ended up being wait, really good. I mean. There's a reason people like this. Who knew? Yeah. Turns out. I mean, it is long, um, and it is it is yes. a lot to sit through uh, in one sitting. I've seen it, it three is, times. That's a lot. I seen watched three it, times. Uh, Hamilton, like the the Hamilton film. I imagine yeah. that I will see the first act of it a lot, and then I'll be like, um, uh, nah, I'm gonna go do something else now. Well, that happened to Becca today. <laughs> so I needed to take a nap. Um, so I watched it with you guys, and then um, we I watched it on the drive back to Maine. Um, and then we watched it today because I really wanted to just kind of like take notes because I forget things. Um, and by like intermission, Becca was already like getting jittery and I was like losing attention. That, well, I mean, that's just my brand in general. Like I have a hard time paying attention to things for more than an hour, let alone something that I know is supposed to be live that like, I mean, there's a reason that I only know the first half of Hamilton really well. Um, but like, I, yeah, by the time the both times I've watched it, by the time I got to burn, I was like very tired and very aware that I still had 45 minutes left or half an hour, however long it is, but it's the, very uh, good. Yeah. It's super, super. Yeah. It's so good. Like, truthfully. like the things that I'm saying that are quote unquote bad about it are still better than most things that I like. So, you know, you gotta take everything with a grain of salt. <laughs> I don't know. I already downloaded it so I can rewatch it on my plane ride back. So I probably won't watch it for a long time. But I also have a pro shot of Newsies, which is one of my favorite musicals that I hardly ever watch. So I will just long. Yeah, likely put it down for a few days after this. I've been trying to like keep the the energy about it up just to record this episode or these episodes. And I I'll probably put it down for a few days, but I could see myself coming back to it for sure. Yeah. Like I know that like, I'm sure my, so my mom saw it and didn't like it, uh, like saw it live and she hated it cause she didn't understand what was happening. So I think that I'll probably watch it with her so that she can like see it and like 
I'll watch it with other people, but I don't think I'll ever just sit down and watch just it. Just have her watch it with the caption. Ever? Oh, yeah. Probably not. So my, uh, my mom's a huge, huge, huge 1776 fan. Yeah. Uh, and I literally just texted her and I was like, hey... I know you've heard about this thing. I don't know if you're, you're planning on watching it or not, but there's a really funny uh, 1776 reference in the middle of it. And I just knew that I would get her to watch it. And then she was like, that was really good. And I was like, I'm su- kind of surprised, but I'm very happy that you thought it was good. I wouldn't well, call hard. the Adams administration the middle of it. Yeah, but it's, it's not the beginning. It's not the end. <laughs> well, that's the middle. Sit down, John. It's pretty pretty close to the the. It's the front half of the second act. It's the middle no. third. Yeah, burn. Is there's it? still there's still half an hour or more left of show by the time you get to burn. Yeah, because it's before it's, burn. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's it's. Before it's the the mid- I would call it the middle. Whatever. It doesn't. It, it, this is the, the cement point that you're gonna get lost it's, on. Like. <laughs> It's right after the Adams um, one last time. Is yeah, it's after Washington. It's, it's right after af- I know him. Oh yeah, yeah. So after uh, Jonathan Groff's last, um, which I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's oh, real problematic. No. I don't care for King George, and I think they could cut oh, him. Oh God, care. get out! I don't care about him. You're I, wrong. I, I understand so a lot more funny. why people like him and why he got the nomination and like won. I don't think he and didn't won. win. He didn't win. Yeah. Oh, I thought he did. No. No. Uh, uh, David Diggs, Diggs won. won. Good. Wow. Well, well earned. Yeah. Facts. The, yeah. The problem. The problem with the uh, all of everyone being nominated was that they were all nominated against each other. Yeah, because it was David. It was uh, Leslie and well, Leslie, Jonathan Groff. Um, Leslie and Lynn were nominated against each other. Jonathan yeah. Groff and David Diggs were nominated against each other. Yeah, and someone um, else, Eliza uh, and Angelica. Yes. No, Angelica and Eliza were not nominated against each other because Angelica won for best uh, featured. Oh, you're right. Actress, you're right. You're right. And uh, Eliza lost, I think, to um, what's her name? Uh, Cynthia Revo. Oh yes. For the color purple. Color purple. Which is a good person to lose against. Yeah, seriously. Facts. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Le- Leslie Odom Jr. beat um, Lynn. Lynn. Which, but then, I mean, it's fine because Lynn won for like for origin, everything for else. everything yeah. else. So Lynn, it's fine. Lynn did not deserve he got it his for Tony. acting. No, <laughs> no, he did not deserve it for acting. Absolutely not. Leslie um, did. But I, yeah, yeah, so I'm, so I'm Lynn, less mad about John the Gross nomination after having seen it. It feels less like them just trying to reward the one white person. But but it's still only nine minutes of an entire. But it's play. so funny. It's yeah. so yeah, funny. He, he does a really good job it's though. So good. I just don't think that he's relevant. Like I don't. I don't. The point I disagree. Of his story, it, I. It, it, he, he's not important. I, don't I completely dis- disagree. Yeah, he's I not love- important. He represents the enemy of the first act. Yeah. Like, I, I love how they did it, and they basically, like, made him a very jealous, like, ex-boyfriend kind of character. Um, I, I think it's hysterical. I think he's great, and yeah. Do you know who should be King George? We all know. Justin McElroy was born for this part. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> The, See, but that's line, not far off. The he line that he has to. about Washington surrendering his power, and he's like, I wasn't aware that that was something a person could do. <laughs> Full on got me. Yeah. Like, I had, so I had heard uh, You'll Be Back quite a few times yes. before I saw it, but I had never heard either of the other songs. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I didn't get to hear the awesome wow because the two people I was watching it with uh, screamed it. Who? I don't know what you're you, talking about. You two. <laughs> Who? To the point where I couldn't even understand what you had just said, so I had to go back and watch that scene to get that joke. Who? I mean, you said you saw it again, so... I did, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. We did that way less than I thought we were going to. Yeah, I was I was trying to be good, but I wasn't. I Like, I was freaking out for every song, so it's fine. Oh my god, Eni, every time a song would <laughs> oh, no. start, she would be like, be like oh, oh no. no. <laughs> oh no. Oh <laughs> no. 
And I was like, why are you scared of every song? <laughs> because. so good. But yeah, no, I do. I do like Jonathan Groff. I think his, his character is very uh, fun in there. I love the um, I'm so blue. And then the freaking light. T- he stomps and the light turns blue. Yeah, that's that's good. It's good. It's good. Set work, good set design, good staging, good everything. I think he's great. When he comes in <laughs> and starts throwing the the papers around during the Reynolds pamphlet, <laughs> I lost it. Like without he's the like, crown, he's like so engaged with the American drama. Yes, yeah. he's he's there without the crown. Like the obvious bald, they show the bald spot on the top of his head. <laughs> I love that he stays on stage after his last song, and like interacts with with everything that's going on. Yeah. I also love that um, Jonathan Groff came out for the, the bow in like the, the beige. Um, well, it wasn't out. just the bow. He was in the ensemble during that whole scene. Yeah. Was he? Yeah he's, yeah. he's dead. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, everybody's dead during that. Everybody, everybody who is dead is out there during that. In beige. I missed him. It's kind of like when, uh, what's her face? The, from Les Mis. She just is always dead. Fontaine. Fontaine. Yeah. I don't like her either. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> No, I'm with you on that one. She's, I don't yeah, get she's it. my least favorite I, part of Les Mis by far. Yeah, her and Cassette, yeah. I just could care less about. No, hold on, Cassette makes sense. Yeah, it no. makes sense. But again, with Les Mis, I'm still here for like I'm here for the military parts. Like I'm here for the, yeah, fun, me too. the songs. The I songs where the characters interact. The love. Oh, yeah, I don't yes. really know why Valjean's in Les Mis. To be honest with you, I, I want to know about Marius. Yeah, I'm more <laughs> interested in Marius and Angeras and his revolutionary buddies. I don't care for yeah. I don't care for Valjean or or any of them. I don't care for the inn. Ah, yeah, bah, uh, bah. no. It gave so it gave Sacha Baron Cohen room to work in the movie. Sacha Baron Cohen and Helen Bonham Carter room to work in the movie, and that was fantastic. Yeah, well, the songs that Cassette and uh, Anne Hathaway sing are excellent. That doesn't mean that I care about them in the story. I could, I could, you could do away with Castle in a Cloud, and I would not miss oh, it. Oh, for sure. It's the worst song in the you show. You can't do it away with I Dreamed a Dream. Uh, you kind of could. You no. could instead put in Absolutely I Dream of not. Dream. Fontaine sets up the whole thing. No, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine her in the coffin singing I Dream of Genie. Um, I like Empanine. She's my favorite. Yeah, same. I like Marius. He's my favorite. My I was not sold on Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, so, me neither. So one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about uh, before we, we finish this episode is one of my favorite things that I really like that um, Lynn like, made a point of saying, or like showing, I guess, because he didn't say it, was the relationship that John Lawrence and Alexander Hamilton had. Like, in history, they were like lovers basically like they were in love like he all of the letters that he wrote to alexander hamilton were just as steamy as the ones that alexander hamilton wrote to eliza and so i really liked the way that they showed like how much closer he was to him than he was even to lafayette and hercules mulligan (laughs) yeah which what a name hercules mulligan yeah, they. Yeah, I mean, Alexander. I mean, Lin Manuel Miranda made a wild call, including Hercules Mulligan in this. Out of all the other revolutionaries you could possibly find, it's like well, he he heard there was a guy named Hercules Mulligan and was like, I can do something with this. Yes, absolutely. That's literally, what happened is like, he because I, I I know James Madison and Thomas Jefferson and Marquis de Lafayette and John Lawrence. Yeah, I've he heard, heard of he's Hercules like, Mulligan. I, I bet I could write a rap song around yeah. Hercules Mulligan, the most gangster name I've ever heard. What'd your mother say? Come again? <laughs> I like when he shows his pants. I um, love I love that he's the flower girl. Yes. 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 
that, that was that was the thing that shocked me most about all this is how funny it is yes. for sure uh because yeah, it just seems really so like big and heavy and, and big and, yeah yeah and historical and like obviously it's gonna be sad his son dies he dies i know these things i'm aware that hamilton dies i know how he dies i know when he go into it the first song leslie odom jr's like i'm the damn fool that shot him I'm like, yeah, we know. We done been known. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ethan, it's not like when the Titanic hit an iceberg where you were like, no way. No, but like I was I think, still, yeah. I was, okay, so I was more sad when Alexander Hamilton died than when uh, Jack Dawson died. For well, sure. Yeah. Far and away. Reminder that we love Julia on this podcast. I was podcast. a very impressionable child and I loved Jack Dawson, so. I never, never I'm an impressionable my adult. <laughs> okay. If you put a, if you put a dog in a Subaru, I'm crying. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I was. That's what the other thing I was just shocked about is how well they were able to make you feel for even even after just dragging him through the mud, make you feel bad for Hamilton and feel like you know what could have happened if he had more time. You know, if he hadn't been this pompous, arrogant asshole who signed his own yeah. death warrant. Yeah. Every other founding father think, gets to grow old. Because there's no, there was me. no reason for the duel. Like it is, it is. No. It was taught to us in 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 my experience in in elementary school as just the most asinine part of American history. It's like Alexander Hamilton had no reason to sign up for this. Pride. Yep. Pride. Yeah. It cometh before the fall. Your pride will be the death yep. of us all. Yep. Everything he says in Aaron Burr, sir, comes back. Mm-hmm. It does. Brilliant piece of songwriting. You punch the burser. He becomes America's burser. Ah, so good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, my name's Joe anyway. Morrison, the place to be. Two pints of Sam Adams, but Adams I'm working on three. On three. I okay. would plot, we- blot these castellated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's time to wrap Bacon and Eggs, a movie lovers podcast. Uh, I like this show. You can find us at all the places in the description of this episode. I like this show. <laughs> I like this show. What if are we you wanna, wanted to put about? it on. The big board, Ethan. Tyler's officially, the big this, board. this can't go on the big board, it's not a movie. Okay, uh, then it has to compete against Elf and Polar Express. Okay, well, it's better I than think those. It's better than those. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, it's better, better than, than that episode 3? of Game of Thrones. I don't know that it's better than uh, the entire season three of Stranger Things. I don't know. It's, I, it's, it's up there. Mm. It's, it's, a tough, it's a tough conversation, but I do love Stranger Things. I really like Stranger Things. I really like what they did with the mind... Uh, Flair with the yeah. really, really handsome dude. Oh, that was good stuff. Uh, and plus, it's a lot of D&D <laughs> content. You know how I like D&D. Yeah. Uh, if you like this show and you want to listen to more like it, you should head over to WBNE.org. You can check out Sincerely Us. They are on this episode, so I've just saved Ethan some editing time. Now he doesn't have to edit in a promo. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, you can also listen to my other podcast. It's called Bagels, uh, You get, which is... it. It sounds like a different breakfast food. That's kind of the joke, but it's actually just my wife and I and our relationship, our bay goals. This week, Tyler and I's uh, significant others were on bagels to talk about something. <laughs> uh, it, 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 I believe they complain about us. Is uh, I, I edited it, so I heard these words. I have something about. Yet. I don't ever pay attention. I don't know. That was a joke. Um, Let's see. You can listen to Hello from Elsewhere. You can listen to Late to the Party. That's Ethan's other podcast. Uh, you can listen to me talk with other podcasting dads on uh, sort of Star Wars podcasts with Ryan Lehman. I've done so many podcasting projects this week. Oh, my God. Lots of good stuff. Uh, but definitely listen to Sincerely Us. I cannot stress enough how important it is for you to listen to Sincerely Us. And I get their download numbers, so I'll know if you listen to Sincerely <laughs> Us or not. So I'm going to need you to do it. 
please. Yeah, this is Tyler's second time being on uh, Century Lee. Also, talk about Hamilton. Yeah, yeah it, it is. Guns, Hamilton, and, and bacon. <laughs> Such a good title. Edie is so good at naming things. Thanks. Anyway, <laughs> listen to their freaking show, okay? I know I'm watching you. Where can we find I'm that watching. show, ladies? WBNE.org. Yes. And then also Sincerely S Pod across everything else, like all the socials. And now on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> we were on Spotify, on Spotify day one. <laughs> we're reliable with the ladies. <laughs> That's all I got, Ethan. That's what do you all have? I got. Yeah, I have. I have no more. <laughs> uh, uh, go follow Vaishan and Andrew Scott Bell. They do our music and graphics in the opposite order. <laughs> um, that's yeah. I I don't know, man. Uh, buy Hank Green's new book. That's what I got. Yes, I own the Kindle, the hardcover, and the audible version. I so. do not yet own the hardcover because it has not arrived. But Correct. I Same own with me. the but audiobook. I, yeah, I have the digital versions right now. It's very good. It is. It is very good. Very. I'm good. excited for my. Uh, I'm spending time with my best friend, so I can't listen to it. So once she leaves, I'll listen to it. <laughs> it is longer Amy's than I going to be like. Was. I'll listen to it on the plane. Bum. Ba da da dun dun dun. Exactly. <laughs> It's like you can listen to the best <laughs> off son of a and a Scotsman. Can't say that word here on bacon and eggs. I, we've definitely said it in this episode. Yes, but anyway, <laughs> Ethan, is there any final things you say as we sign off? Uh, no. Until next week, Arrivederci, Alexander Hamilton. 